Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If not, like me, imagine a journey together, a pluralistic one, with innovators, startup, academia, NGO, all together looking for solution to the greatest challenge of our time. I'm Samuele Tini, and this is the Sustainability Journey. So welcome to this episode. Today we are having a leader in sustainability coming from India. She's an expert in sustainable fashion, and she also works in sustainable storytelling and branding. She's a TED speaker, and she is a disruptive communicator fostering sustainability in India and in the world. We are welcoming today, Mansi Shah. Thank you, Mansi, to be here. Thank you for that lovely introduction, Samuel. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Mansi. Thank you so much for your time and the willingness to share your insights to the audience. Before we start, can you tell us a bit more about yourself? What is your journey? How have you become a leader in sustainability? I love this question because when someone asks me to narrate my story, there's so many experiences in there that when I break it down, it, it actually sounds pretty beautiful to my ears to, to hear about just how life has panned out for me. And, and this is what I love about storytelling because everyone has such amazing stories to share. So I grew up in New Delhi. I, I spent a lot of my, my time... I, did all my schooling in New Delhi and I also spent a lot of my childhood in the mountains of northern India where my ancestors are from. It's a beautiful place in the Himalayas. So I was always between the city and the village and that's kind of what shaped my perspective in life as well. I studied fashion communication from NIFT in Bombay. It's one of India's premier design institutes and I also did my master's in footwear design from the Netherlands. So it's been about a decade of different kinds of experiences in the fashion industry for me. I would say I've pretty much seen all sides of it. I've, you know, I, I've been in front of the camera, I've been behind the camera, I've acted in TV commercials, I've been a stylist to Bollywood celebrities, I have I've designed clothes, I've uh, managed brands, I've been a buyer, I've been a footwear designer. So it's really, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have had such wonderful experiences in all the domains of the fashion industry. Wonderful. So that is really diverse and rich. You have seen, let's just say, left, right and center of the fashion industry. So digging a bit deeper in your experience, we know that the fashion industry is one of the biggest polluters on earth. 10% of the emissions, 85% go to the landfill. So can you tell us the problems and how we can really transform this industry? Sustainability for me, in the simplest uh, definition, if I have to have to say it is it's being in balance with nature it's actually a very spiritual approach to life and it's not a new concept we've been we have this intrinsic relationship with nature we've always had it for centuries you know it's written in all the religious texts across the globe and you can't even pinpoint like you know you can't even when you think of the issues we have with sustainability and fashion it's such a complex subject and you can't even pinpoint or blame a single entity because i do believe it just comes down to plain old human psychology uh it's really about behavioral changes it's really about changing old mindsets you know like thinking about how businesses have worked for so long in ways that have been detrimental to the environment i think we have 
to really reflect on those things and uh, and just think about how we can let go of old processes old governance structures come up with laws that are more in favor of the environment create business strategies that put the environment at the center of all business decisions i would say the challenges in sustainable fashion right now is to be very honest i do feel like we are fooling ourselves into thinking that we are making progress because fashion thrives on or or actually any industry right thrives on consumption and if we continue to sell more and more um given that we have limited resources to play with then i don't see how we can even call that sustainable and that's been a big conundrum for me also since i got into this space uh, 5 years ago on the one hand we're talking about doing good for the environment on the other hand we can't stop producing more and i know there is a rush that we get when we say oh this is a sustainable fabric or oh this is made from this cool apple leather or cactus leather but what are the trade offs for for these materials and if i have to be really honest i don't think this world needs any more clothes like we have enough clothes for the next five generations so if you tell all the nike's and h&m's that we don't need any more clothes so stop producing like that's not going to happen because they have investors they have other people to think about uh, mainly their shareholders which is another another debate i've been having with myself and i came across an article on milton friedman and and he's you know he's a nobel prize economist and he he really formulated this whole theory of basically the shareholder theory of you know saying that businesses exist to maximize profits and maximize shareholder value and it does not exist to be socially responsible and i think this is taught in a lot of b schools and this is what the world's leaders have grown up studying so you have to think about how their psychology has been formed around businesses right in, and and doing businesses if you're facing issues of plastic pollution from pepsico or a nestle we're looking at huge amounts of fashion waste from companies like burberry or h&m zara then it's also a matter of the leader's psychology and how they look at businesses right very interesting because as you say we don't need more clothes we have enough clothes so but how we can solve the dilemma you know having returns for the shareholder continuing an industry that is worth billion but on the other side reducing the impact and one thing always came when you were discussing you know the psychology the behavioral change and this is where also your work and your um, your enterprise that as a very disruptive and uncommon you know brand is coming into the field how we can really change our behavior how we can make these fights more appealing to the consumer that's a great question when i started keep it sustainable stupid the intention was to take all the conversation that was happening in the sustainable fashion space with the perspectives of suppliers brand owners and consumers and distill it into its most simplest form because i do believe that a subject a complex subject is best understood when it's simplified 
or anything in life is best understood when it's simplified, right? So the, the idea was to do that with Kiss. The reason I came up with the name Kiss was because I wanted it to be catchy and exciting for the newer generation. I think I was seeing a lot of talks on sustainability everywhere, but the branding and the marketing and positioning of it was quite boring and quite dull in my opinion. Yeah, and I wanted to do it differently. I wanted to add some excitement to it. So that's what we did. And we saw that people responded in very positive ways to it. So our small social experiment worked where we saw that people were keen on learning and engaging more with sustainability and truly engaging because, you know, people would start having debates amongst themselves on our platform. We didn't even have to interfere and that was the whole purpose. What I've noticed is for sustainability to really thrive, it's best understood between peers. You can throw a lot of marketing messaging, you can have webinars or you know, a gazillion panel sessions, nobody really cares. Uh, people care what their friends think and what their friends talk about and what their peer groups talk about. So that was very important. Very, very interesting because that is what you said is the, the social identity, the peer pressure, the discussion and the, and the bullet points, they don't make much of an impact. While, as you said, the discussion they were having through you and through your platform and, you know, to have a, a pressure through their social identity, I think that is what is really also engaging and make stick the message of sustainability in younger generation. And talking about younger generation, you are working in a context in, in the most populous state in the world, an emerging economy, and you know, really you are at the forefront of the future because I think India should be one of the leaders in sustainability. Which is the situation now? How the Indian consumer are responding to the trend, especially the younger generations? Oh, I have so much hope for the younger generation of Indians because these guys are extremely open to change. They are highly digitally savvy and also highly self-aware. Well, actually self-awareness is a, <laughs> is a very debatable subject, but they are, they are pretty aware of what's happening around them. And they are not ones to be fooled easily by advertisements. And they're the ones that are asking a lot of questions. I would say in terms of demand and awareness around sustainability, we still have a lot of work to do on that front. But what's exciting to watch is that people are receptive. They are open to change and they are willing to learn, which I feel are the most important things. Because if you have a mental block in your head, which and you're not open to growing or evolving or learning, then you're basically stuck in your old ways. So yeah, I would say the demand is low, the awareness is low, but the willingness to learn is there. Much, it's, I would say it's much more than most places or at par with the West, at least. That is very interesting. So we, we have hope that the younger generation will be there. Let me ask you, maybe, can you share a story within your uh, experiences uh, with us, a story that you take in your heart about your work and sustainability, which can give us, you know, an example of your work, of your impact? I'd say the recurring theme in my life when it comes to sustainability, or actually when it comes to any social cause, 
as well and i feel i'm i gravitate towards social causes because it just runs in my family like most people in my family have given to charitable causes they've done social work be it in health or in forestry in wildlife conservation so i, I think it kind of runs in the family so the recurring theme in my journey as a sustainability thought leader i would say would have to be education educating people throughout at every step of the way i remember when it was in 2016 when i seriously got hooked on to the whole idea of sustainability and sustainable fashion i was doing a corporate job and and i was getting increasingly frustrated uh with how things were going and i wasn't feeling satisfied you know i i was doing what i loved which was footwear design that's what i wanted to do but it was still unfulfilling so and just by chance i came across the true cost the documentary on netflix and that completely changed my perspective on things i it was like a switch went off and i was like oh my god what have i been doing all my life this is what i need to do this is what i need to tell more people about and i i think that what i admire about myself is my willingness and eagerness to share what i've learned with others like immediately if i feel this can add value to someone's life i just want to share it with them so after i watched the documentary i decided you know this is my purpose and i and i have to educate more people about what's happening and uh, and i have to do it fast <laughs> and so i started i approached some friends in bombay and i started organizing these workshops on sustainability with you know one of india's largest f&b chains called the olive bar and kitchen and olive is a hot spot in bandra in where i was staying in bombay so i approached them and they were more than willing to host these workshops with me and it was a beautiful experience for of 6 months where we spoke about mindfulness veganism sustainable fashion and you know we had like one of the top chefs in india making these amazing recipes using only vegetables and so that was a revelation to everyone that vegetables could look good and taste so good so that whole experience of making sustainability exciting making it beautiful and you know engaging and experiential is what opened up people's minds like because up until now people had associated sustainability with you know something really boring something super green something not for them because people like fashion people like glamour people like materialistic things and all of that so this was a good sort of awakening for them and they felt like they could relate to it so once they could relate to it they became easier for them to accept and that was a huge learning experience for me after that when i joined the bombay hemp company i was doing the same thing i was basically besides selling hemp fabrics i was actually educating people about the benefits of higher quality textiles over what they would find at stores for very low prices and we saw that change again it took time for them to adjust but we saw people warming up to the idea of sustainability and i remember there was this instance you know we were selling products at this really cool fair in bombay in the heart of bombay in kolaba it's called the kala ghora fair it's an art festival and it curates you know some of the best uh, local brands from india and had this it has this really great vibe like this music there's beer there's 
um, it's a whole festival. So that was a great place to actually speak to people and get feedback on what they thought about sustainability because everyone was having fun. You know, everyone was in that fun mode. And I remember I was, we had a stall where we were selling some hemp clothing and a lot of people were excited and eager and curious about it. And there was a gentleman I saw who was alone and, you know, he was browsing through some of the shirts and he saw the price tag and it was a little expensive for him. So I started chatting with him. I didn't even try to sell him the shirt. I just, I just started asking him questions about himself. And he told me that his job was that of overseeing trash collectors so he didn't feel like he was in a position to wear something so expensive because it would make his employees feel small. And that was his reason for not buying a hemp shirt for that cost. I think we spoke for about 20 minutes and he ended up buying two shirts. And you know why that happened? Because I think he was feeling guilty inside for not buying things that made him happy like you know, he would come across as a boss who was too flashy and whatever i remember telling him that he he need not have to wear those shirts at work he can wear them for any other occasion you know like he can maintain a low profile at work but he can wear those shirts and those shirts are so multi-purpose that it's up to him on how you wear. so he ended up buying two shirts and that was a big deal for me <laughs> <laughs> That is, that is very interesting. I really can pick up a lot of things. From the last story, you know, I, I was reading some results, you know, what the customer perceive about sustainability. And one of the four factors, it is discount on uh, sustainable made uh, clothes. Sustainability is still a bit of a niche and we really need to make it more mass. So, you know, even the customer, they are doing that. It's, it's a paper on, sustain on sustainability. It's really touching or what you just said, it's really something interesting. And the other part is what I found is your passion. You know, your call, your awakening came, you know, just five years ago. And you have dedicated all your life to educating people, sharing, adding value. That is actually what are you doing right now? Sharing your experience, discussing about stories and really make sustainability, as you say, something fun. And your tech talk is wonderful. Also, your, your brand is something of very simple, but unexpected. So it's something that for the younger generation brings attention and willingness also to engage. It's for me a very interesting proposition. And I wanted to ask, Manzi, you are a leader, you are a woman, you are now on a path of transformational path. Which are the next steps? Where are you taking this, this uh, into the next uh, steps, if you can tell us? Yeah, no, Samuel, thank you so much for saying all that. I, it, that's very kind of you to, for you to say those words. So thank you. I've had so many experiences in this space. I think I have multiple paths in front of me and it's a matter of choosing the right path for myself and what makes sense to me. I would say, you know, I've been working as a consultant for the last, um, actually I started in 2020, so just over a year now. and. It's been wonderful. It's, it's shown me what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are and what I want to build on. It's also given me time to refocus and relearn and unlearn a lot of things. So 
I'm actually shifting focus away from fashion now, even though I appreciate it and I have a natural inclination to it. I think I think I have a natural inclination to all things of beauty. So I do, I do have a thing for aesthetics, and uh, I am shifting focus from fashion, and only because I feel that we it's become too stagnant, and it's the conversations are not. This way, there's more talk than action happening, and um, and so I'm turning my attention towards areas like agriculture renewable energy but still keeping focus on things that i'm passionate about which is brand building and helping d2c brands have better market positioning so eyeing the corporate sector in fact because i feel corporates have a massive responsibility and i do feel corporates have the potential to and the power and the influence to create a wide scale impact and and I want to see how I can find myself there and how that would work out for me. So yeah, I'm looking at just that. Wow. So you are really going and taking to the next level, really continue your passion and your focus. As we are approaching the end, and maybe we can say, we will also look in the future and have a session with you to discuss where have you taken. Let me ask you, since we are approaching to the end of the, the episode, do you want to leave a message to the audience, your call for action for our listeners? Yeah, um, always. I always have a message for everyone to take action in the right direction. I'd say I have two messages. One would be for the corporates. That would be mainly be authentic. You know, we know you're on a journey, you, you, you can't be perfect overnight and we know how much responsibility you have on your shoulders to do the right thing and to keep all your stakeholders happy and that's no mean feat. But that said, just be authentic in your marketing, be willing to admit your mistakes and take everyone along on the journey with you uh, because even consumers are here to help. We need to hold each other accountable at this point. We are at a very crucial stage uh, in our lives. And this is literally the survival of our planet is at stake. The, our survival is at stake. We need to work collaboratively rather than against each other. So help us do that. Help us help you. That would be my message for the corporates. The other message would be for young people, young people of India or even across the world. That would be to explore sectors beyond fashion. <laughs> I know fashion is glamorous. I know it's exciting. And I know many young people, especially women, want to be in fashion. Although I, I'm hopeful that's changing now because I see women entering engineering fields and science and STEM fields, basically. So, so that's really cool to watch. But I would strongly encourage young people to go beyond fashion, explore industries within sustainability, like clean tech or um, sustainable finance or sustainable or urban planning, you know. And because I, I do feel we need more young leaders to make the right decisions. And if we're talking, say, 20 years from now, these people of today will eventually become leaders, right? And so we need to create more future leaders that are more aware, have that understand what's happening, the, the deep level systemic issues that need to be solved for, 
and have the willingness and the courage to solve for them. Because if we continue in the way we've been doing for the last three decades or so, I don't see any hope for, for us. So we need to really build like the leaders of tomorrow to be philosophically, spiritually more aligned with their business goals, I would say. So yeah, that would be my message to the young people. Just explore other sectors and broaden your minds, broaden your horizon, educate yourself. That's, that's pretty much it. Wow, thank you, Emancy. That is a wonderful message. It's also in line with, the, I think, the spirituality of India. It's really very interesting. Uh, your message, especially for the young generation. And as you said, it's, it's good to have also people, especially young women now in, in the STEM disciplines. I'm really grateful, Mansi, for these episodes. As I said before, I'm sure we'll have a second one to see where this journey has taken you in your new fields and which are your, your impacts and really your, your successes. Thank you so much, Mansi. I really appreciate it. I'm really happy for having had you for this episode. Thank you. Thank you, Samuel. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. And it's always a pleasure talking with people that are aligned by the same values and the same mission. So good luck to you as well. Thank you, Mansi. Wonderful. Are you satisfied after this wonderful episode? In the next one, we'll talk about small things that matter. Stay tuned!